And we are honored to have the scouts with us this morning and excited to have you participate in the orchestra and in the choir and to hear your prayers and to know that God is at work in so many different ways in this world and so many different ways in this church. And it is a blessing to have you with us this morning. And I am thankful that we are each able to sing that song, Just Give Me Jesus. And Jesus is not an idea and Jesus is not simply... A thought. Jesus is the reality of God, the person of God, the embrace of God. To know Jesus is not head knowledge, it is an experience. And I am thankful to have a moment together with you where we are going to experience the love of God. This week, uh, my little boy Ezekiel uh, loves everything outer space, and so he wanted to build rocket boosters. And I shared this on Facebook, so some of you may have already seen this story, but uh, he wanted to build rocket boosters, and so we sat down and got out. He had all kinds of paper supplies already pulled out, and so we built a little rocket, uh, and Darcy helped by building planets. Uh, and he, I was like, this is, we've done a really good job. I was really impressed with what we built, but he was so upset. He's like, no, I want big rocket boosters, the ones that fall off the shuttle when it rockets up. And I'm like, what? We're, we're building a rocket right now. We can put boosters on that. No, 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 I want big ones so we can put them on the outside of the house. I'm like, what? I want to blast this house into outer space. And I'm, I don't know the paper rocket boosters are going to work, buddy. And, um, and, but he got legitimately mad at me because he's, he wanted rocket boosters and finally said, I have never been to outer space. I don't want to be a grandpa before I get there. <laughs> and, and he is four. I don't know exactly where the grandpa line came from, but... It, you know, the paper rock boosters probably aren't going to get us to outer space. But um, I love that determination. And, and I, as he said that, I thought, you know, I've never been to outer space. When I was his, his age, let me step back. When I'm my age right now, I'd like to go to outer space. And it made me think about all the things that I haven't accomplished. And what are the most important things that I really want to be about? I don't want to wait until I'm a grandpa to do, or for that matter, I don't want to wait too long and miss the opportunity to do those things. And getting to space would be really awesome. But that's not really one of my goals. What are those goals that I really want to be about, that I really want to accomplish? And am I doing them right now? And as I look at this world, and as I know the love of Jesus, the thing that I most want to accomplish is to share that love with the people around me. And what am I waiting for? Let's pray. God, I thank you for my son's imagination that can believe paper rocket boosters would take our house into outer space. And I praise you for being a God who loves us. A God who believes that we are worth saving. That you would do something even more radical than going to outer space, God. We praise you that you would come down 
And I pray, Lord, for this moment that we will experience your love and, Lord, that we will take that experience into this world. In your name, amen. And it has been a crazy and wonderful week here in Kansas City. Uh, As you know, last week with the Super Bowl happening, we started a new theme called Live, playing up on the 54 of the 54th Super Bowl, which LIV, you know, of course, spells out, at least it looks like in English, live. And and I was wondering whether we could keep that theme going. And there was a point in the game Sunday night where I thought, well, we're going to have to take down all of this stuff and we're going to have to do away with this theme because we're all going to be too depressed next week to think about it. And instead, you know, what an amazing game and what an amazing week. And it was fun to see what stage design did with the, the, uh, with, with the stage uh, by transforming it into the, you know, the after, what is left after the party with all the confetti and the cups laying everywhere. And that is just the reality and the excitement of the Chiefs achieving the ultimate prize in football winning the Super Bowl, something that I had never seen and on some level never thought was going to happen. What a joy. And as we talk about being the church and what this theme is really about, Paul says in the third chapter of Philippians, forgetting what is behind and striving towards what what is ahead. He makes every effort to win the prize that Jesus has called him heavenward. The reason why Jesus has called him heavenward and what is that prize? As we talked about last week. See, that prize is this relationship with God. And that prize is to be shared with everyone in this world that we might all share the prize of knowing God. And so he forgets what's happened yesterday he forgets the sins of the past he forgets his uh, uh his his brokenness in the past he forgets everything and he pursues the one thing to achieve the prize and that is the love of god and that prize will change everything that we know in our lives and in the lives of everyone around us to live for God. Philippians chapter one, beginning in verse, uh, actually at the end of verse 18, Paul says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice for I know that through your prayers and God's provision, the spirit of Jesus Christ, and through the provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean faithful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two, the desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better by far but it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound 
on account of me. See, Paul has taken this idea of living for Jesus to the radical extreme. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Because dying means that he'll be in perfect relationship. Not this clouded, partly seeing moment that we exist in right now but he will be in the moment where he clearly sees God where he is clearly embraced by God and that love so dying is gain and he believes that so much he's able to say it with such authority but to live in this moment is also wonderful because he knows that spreading the love of Jesus to all of you, and to all of this world. So he's torn between the two ideas. You know, the the fourth quarter of the game, you know, everyone, at least uh, that I was watching it with, you know, Patrick Mahomes threw that second interception, and he had had a terrible game, at least in, in his and at least how he normally plays, he'd had a terrible game. And I remember when that interception happened, I thought, we are not going to win this game. And I started doing all the steps, you know, kind of let's start going through the stages of grief right now um, and processing it all in my head. And, and you know, and, and trying to remind myself, gracious, we've, you know, I've never seen them in the Super Bowl. This is still really wonderful. I, need to, I should be able to celebrate this even though they're going to lose. And so I'm trying to process all these things because, um, you know, I wouldn't have said this out loud and I wouldn't have said this to anyone sitting around me, but... I had stopped believing. I no longer trusted that they were going to win. But it's, that's not how the Chiefs reacted. Because we know the Chiefs did not falter. They did not stop believing. You know, we've seen all the clips at this point with Patrick Mahomes going around encouraging everyone, everyone hearing those words and not disregarding them. They believed them because they trusted Patrick Mahomes. And of course, putting their trust in Patrick Mahomes was an excellent decision. So the 49ers were celebrating in that moment. By the end of the game, as we all know, the Chiefs had won in epic heartbreak fashion for the 49er fans. I actually felt for them because we have been on that side before many times where you thought you had it wrapped up and then it was taken away and The Chiefs won. And what joy and what celebration because they didn't stop believing. Because if they'd have given up, it would have still been a great accomplishment. They made it to the Super Bowl, but they wouldn't lose trust. And of course, we trust in someone much more spectacular than Patrick Mahomes. See, Paul is writing this message not from, you know, a luxury house or hotel. He is writing this message from prison. And I think that context should help you understand everything he says. See how ridiculous that he is in prison. And he begins the lines that we just read with this idea of, so I rejoice. Wait, you're in jail Why would you rejoice? Again, I say rejoice. 
He repeats it for emphasis. As he goes through the passage that we just read, he's calling them to joy. Why? Why? All seems lost. Victory is out of reach, Paul. The Romans have you. You are probably going to be executed. What are you thinking? Rejoice. Be sad, be frustrated, send angry prayers to God and angry letters to your friends. Makes so much more sense. But Paul rejoices. And why does he rejoice? I am convinced of this, he writes. I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. He is so focused on the task. He so firmly believes in Jesus that his faith has not wavered, though he is in chains. He simply trusts his Savior. Though all seems lost, and I, I mean, if I were in jail, this is not the message you would have gotten from me. It would have been a plea for help. <laughs> probably stained with tears or something like that and complaints about jail food. Paul is sending encouragement because he trusts in Jesus. What's even more interesting is this, the, before the passage we read, Philippians is a wonderful little book and you guys could all easily read it this week and I would encourage you to do that. Before the verses we just read, he talks about being in prison uh, in, in the palace guard and all of those things uh, and then he also mentions how there are people who are preaching Jesus and there are people in the church who are preaching Jesus and yet... They're also preaching against Paul. They're also saying things, oh, that guy's in jail. God must not be with him. You should really trust our message about Jesus. And so what's so interesting is how does he react to those people? But what does it matter, he says in 118, what does it matter what they're saying about me? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Now, let's pause for just a moment and imagine that happening in today's world. And I don't, I'm sure your social media feed is just like my social media feed. Depending on whether I'm in Twitter or I'm in Facebook, uh, it you know, depends on which way it leans. Um, but extreme partisanship lives in my Facebook feed. And if you are on the other side, it is not us. No one says, but what does it matter? Let's just focus on what's important. Everyone just fights. Because they think whatever they've got is all that matters. And if you're against me, then I'm against you. But Paul is so consumed by this message of Jesus well, we disagree about a whole bunch of things, but we're preaching Jesus, and that's all that matters. And church, as we want to move forward in this world, we need to unite with the people who preach Jesus, even if we don't totally disagree with all of their theology. We need to celebrate that Jesus is being preached 
and stay focused on what is the prize. Because the prize is not having all our knowledge in order. The prize is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he'll figure out all the knowledge when we get to heaven. But what does it matter? They're saying bad things about me. Who cares? Jesus is being preached. And how can he have this attitude? How can he have this such a strong desire to follow Jesus, to share Jesus? He's in jail. People are saying bad things about him. How can he be so focused to live is Christ, to die is gain? Because he has encountered Jesus and he believes Jesus to the end with everything that he has. John tells us that God is love. And this seems like such a simple phrase, but what does this mean? What does it mean that God is love? See, to be to love is not something that you can just say that is just a word. It requires action. And for God to be love, God is not static. God is not simply someone that we know facts about, that we learn about in Sunday school or that we hear about from the pastor God is not simply someone or something to be known. See, God is active. God must be experienced. What does it mean that God is love? To encounter God is not simply to know love. It is to be love. And how is Paul able to stand against all of this darkness? Because he has been embraced by the creator of the world and he knows he is loved. Love has wrapped him up and he believes. And church, we need to be wrapped up in love. Not simply to learn facts that we want to fight about but to encounter the risen Savior who died for us. I also sent out this week uh, a prayer that I'm doing. I'm reading a book called Mindful Silence with some of the deacons, and in that, at the end of each chapter, Felina Hewitt's uh, asks us to do just a particular prayer, uh, and you know, just a little guided prayer. Sometimes it's uh, uh, things that's repeating scripture and things like that, but in this chapter that we just read, uh, she invites us to picture blind Bartimaeus who is beside the road begging. Uh, and this is, Jesus is going up to Jerusalem. He's about to enter Jerusalem. This is Mark chapter, I'm forgetting. I think it's 10, but it might be 11. Um, he is sitting by the road begging and he is sees, here's Jesus is coming and he begins to cry out for Jesus. Of course, the crowd, he's just a blind beggar. The crowd, excited about Jesus, is silencing him, telling him to be quiet, but he shouts all the more and Jesus hears him and Jesus stops and Jesus goes to him. Actually, Jesus calls him to him, I think. I can't remember. You have to check me. It's either Mark 10 or 11. Um, and then Jesus says these words. 
what do you want me to do for you? And Felina here, it tells us to picture this image in our heads. And then hear those same words being said to you. Jesus speaking into your heart, what is it you want me to do for you? And she says, allow your heart to bubble up before Jesus. Tell him your needs, tell him your hopes, tell him your dreams and make these things your prayer. Not just in that moment, but throughout the day. Lord Jesus, give me peace. Lord Jesus, give me hope. Lord Jesus, I need a job. Lord Jesus, my son is sick. Lord Jesus, and he hears us. And he loves us. And he moves to save us. See, Paul is in jail. (laughs) I would be broken. Whatever you want, Romans, I'll say that. Please just let me go home. (laughs) Paul refuses to turn away from Jesus. People on the outside are saying bad things about him, his supposed friends. That's okay. Jesus is being preached. How does he live in that reality? Because he has encountered the one who loves us more than we can imagine. And he has been embraced by that love. And therefore he can say without a doubt for me, To live is Christ. And to die, well, I can't wait for that moment because I feel all this embrace and this love in this moment, how wonderful it will be to live in the reality of heaven and have God wrap me up. So Paul, so Paul lives for Jesus. And God is calling us with that same love, that same resurrection, that same grace to live today. I want to invite you into that love. And I, for all of us who know Jesus, I want to invite you back into that love. And then I want to encourage us, share that love with a world that needs us. The world is sad and hurting and divided and it needs this love. And I want to be with Paul no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from. I want to rejoice because Jesus has preached. Let us pray. God, I thank you for Scout Sunday. I thank you for the music today. I praise you for all who have gathered here. But Lord, I thank you more that you are here. God, I praise you with even greater joy that you are love and that I may be embraced and that this room may be embraced. And I pray, Lord, that in this moment we will feel you and your grace and your hope. In your name, amen.